0: One of the questions I get asked a lot by coaches is around coaching philosophy. What is a coaching philosophy? How can coaches learn more about it? In this conversation, I talk to uh, a coach called Ed Conway. Ed's a rugby coach. Uh, he works in a number of different environments, including universities. He's head coach at an amateur rugby club in West London and he also works in the London Irish DPP program. And he did his master's dissertation on coaching philosophy. So he was kind enough to send me his dissertation a few months ago, and it was really interesting because it really crystallized a number of the problems that I think that coaches have with defining and then carrying through their coaching philosophy. So it was really interesting to talk to Ed and to get his perspective on on the subject. You can find the dissertation if you go to the Sports Principles website, so that's sportsprinciples.com, go to the latest articles section and have a look at the article called Coaching and Philosophy. There's a link to Ed's dissertation at the start of that article. Here's the conversation. Unfortunately, the sound quality wasn't great. The, the broadband connection wasn't great. But uh, I hope you can you can hear it okay. And if you've got any questions or thoughts about it, then please get in touch. I just thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about um obviously your fantastic master's dissertation (laughs) uh, right you put some really good stuff down about um coach what sort of response have you had because I know you shared that article on your um on your twitter so you you just explain a little bit about what that what that is and what what you did in terms of the actual dissertation yeah, so it your, your, your the subject was coaching philosophy, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, so it was coaching philosophy uh, and predominantly looking at kind of how it's formed, how it changes and develops over time and how it's actually applied for coaches. Um, and I'm going to get into more detail about it, but the the piece of what I kind of looked at where it's at in literature, so um, what the current research says about it, then obviously did my own uh, study with, I think it was seven or eight coaches, which found some stuff that supported what's out in the literature, found some stuff that maybe uh, contradicted it. And yeah, pretty worthwhile study for me personally. Um, and yeah, as you said, I put it up on Twitter. Um, I had a bit of a response. So I sent a few people asking some questions on and through Twitter. I think I had a couple of emails. Um, nothing major, but every now and again, You know, someone will send me a message, or I'll get you know. See that there's been a a like or a a retweet of of it. Um, So obviously, some people are kind of coming across it. I guess in in the first instance, you know, with with any kind of piece of work like that, I'm just looking at what the existing research says. So, coaching philosophy seems to be uh, pretty important. For example, lots of coach education courses will. Um, talk about it or to have some piece of work on it it came up on my level three asking that's about our coaching philosophies I certainly have been asked about it in a lot of different job interviews that I've been to Um, so it clearly has some some weight and and people um, kind of believe it to be something that's that's pretty important the the trouble with a lot of the literature is that there's a lot of quite differing definitions or quite vague definitions so um, one thing that comes up a lot is values and beliefs. So, coaching philosophy will reflect your your values and beliefs, uh, which is fine and kind of you know makes makes sense if, if as deep as you go. But then at the same time, um, it doesn't really explore what, or often it doesn't explore what what values and beliefs are in a, in terms of the literature, and certainly doesn't explore really how they might interact with each other especially then in reference to to coaching philosophy. So the research can be a bit confusing. There's a lot of kind of coaches' books, coaching practice books that recommend it, which a lot of it doesn't have the most robust kind of evidence. Um, The argument is that coaching philosophy provides a pretty important kind of foundational anchor for, for your practice and informs everything you do as a coach. I seem to find that that wasn't necessarily the, co- uh, the case. So key things that I, I guess that I came across were that there's always a trigger. So something, you know, I don't just, I'm not aware of my coaching philosophy from day one. Um, someone mentions it to me or it comes up on a course or whatever it might be. The interesting thing about that, obviously, is that if coaching philosophy is something that informs your behavior, but you haven't thought about it till someone tells you well you've already been doing coaching at that point, so when you then go through the process of, of forming it, does anything change um so if I you know for example the coaching course has mentioned coaching philosophy I've never heard about it, so I think right I better I better detail my own philosophy does that process have a direct impact impact on my coaching behavior or what we seem to find more often is that I kind of bend my coaching philosophy to reflect what I already do. So um among that come a lot of buzzwords in terms of success and honesty. And it means that a lot of kind of coaching philosophies lack any real they're not that meaningful to to one's practice often, or that they, they they think they reflect the practice or they uh, come up with stuff that might seem kind of politically correct at the time in terms of coaching. Uh, you know, coach was going. What I did find in my uh, my dissertation that differed to a lot of the research was that certainly the coaches I spoke to were definitely able to connect their philosophy with their practice. So there was a link, and they could describe that very easily. Um, so they could say, "This is my philosophy, and this is how it's laid out in practice," which is something that research said wasn't often the case. It definitely seemed to be the case for the people I spoke to. Um, but then what became interesting was as soon as you start to, to talk to the coaches about how their philosophy might be challenged or, um, you know, are you always 100% true to your philosophy? Well, suddenly, no, well, I'm not because sometimes when someone's watching me, I feel a pressure to act in a certain way or sometimes, you know, I know that the parents and, and my boss are expecting a win so I don't put the child on even though he says that, you know, um, it's player-centred, whatever that might mean. And the coaches I found were then pretty able to to talk about this challenge as well. So I think the, one of the key takeaways from my dissertation was that um, certainly coaching philosophy for a lot of people, it might reflect what, what I do Um, some of what I do some of the time but it certainly doesn't necessarily inform or underpin everything that I do because there are times where I have to compromise. I think what kind of um, needs more research and what would be quite interesting is to then look into how and why philosophy does have an impact sometimes, why it doesn't sometimes, why different circumstances make a difference to some people. So one person watching expecting that we have to win? Am I that bothered if there's 100 watch changes there? If it's one boss who I don't get on with, does that impact a boss who I really respect and stuff like that? Yeah, it's kind of a, a not so
0: short overview. If that's how <laughs> no, cool and makes sense. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. It's, um, th- this is what I kind of get when I talk to coaches around, you know, what is a coaching philosophy. I just think it's so like you say, there's no clear definition of what it is. I think what most people describe when you ask their ask for their coaching philosophy is you ask them to describe their coaching practice. What does it look like? Um, what, what do you believe about coaching? You know, what's important to you about coaching? What's important to you about the game? And as I say, to me, you know, from my perspective, philosophy is what underpins all of that. It's it's where your beliefs and your values come from. Because mm. your 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 beliefs and your values are, you know, they're not the truth. They're they're your preferences in a lot of ways. You you know, your they're they're subjective. So, and they're what they're what your Day to day thinking, your day to day thinking, kind of moment to moment thinking, arises from your beliefs and your your values, and then your behaviour arises from your thinking and your decisions. So, yeah. as I say, to me, the philosophy is actually what underpins all of that. So it's it's one step underneath your your beliefs and your values. You know, we've had the conversation, and and I wrote an article on it based on your based on your dissertation to say, look philosophical thought is what underpins all coaching practice but I don't think many coaches kind of get into that or have ever had that sort of conversation and and that's what gets them into trouble when like you say either results start to go bad for them or they start to have problems in their relationships or they like you say they they start to feel under pressure from from know their perception of external uh, things like say whether it's parents, whether it's a boss and and then you know th- like you say, then they feel like they have to change their the way that they coach. Well, to me, if you're changing the way that you coach because of your perceived outside influences, then that's not a coaching philosophy because your coaching philosophy is something that you stick to. Through good and bad thick or thin it's like it's part of who you are so that that's where I think we we could certainly help coaches to understand this a little bit better and just give them a a, a, a better or a more or a sense of, of a deeper grounding in 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 their philosophy because
1: I think, uh, I think as well you used to start in terms of um, you know, well, you know the coaches don't go deep enough. And I think part of the problem with that is because there's not sufficient to support that process. They don't know what the process looks like, and they're not quite sure how to to navigate it. So, you, know, you end up saying that your player-centered, game-based, honest, and blah blah blah, which is great. But every other coach is saying that as well, and no one's practice looks identical.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, as I say, a, a description of what you do is not your is not a philosophy because that's a description of behavior and yeah. as i say i think you know like you say every coach would say you know particularly in in the the more sort of enlightened coaching world that many of us are in yeah everybody's going to say the same thing like you say it's going to be game based it's going to be inclusive it's going to be player centered it's but why <laughs> why are those things important and also, I think that it's easy to you know have these
1: conversations with coaches and be confrontational, but you know, what what does playing mean to one coach? Because it might be something quite different. How that actually lives up that practice will almost certainly be very different from one coach to another. Coaches, I think we've maybe discussed, well, a lot of coaches will often say, oh, their coaching philosophy is that they are always honest, um, which is great. But I, I would... I would question whether on you know, can you be honest all the time? Should you be honest all the time? You know, you don't wanna constantly tell tell one of the players, oh you're not you're just not good enough actually. Um I, I think I think the, the term is as well that people don't really consider really what it means to go into the depth of ha and I, I'd be interested from your point of view how how would you better support coaches with that process? How do you think you, you know, from, from stuff you've done with coaches, what would be the best way for
0: coaches to, to engage in that process in a in a more effective way? In terms of my conversations with coaches, they're more around so I, I tend to get a call when when somebody's having a hard time. Um right. and it's almost like that's the worst time to have this sort of conversation because they're very caught up in 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 the form of it, in their thinking or in the behavior of either of their behavior or their the behavior of the players or the people that they're they're working with. So I think what we should do is is have this as a, a foundational element of, of coach education, if you want to put it like that, to say, look, if you understand how your experience is created so if you understand where your feelings are coming from if you if you start to understand that and start to see that reasonably clearly your beliefs and your values will change and then your thinking in the moment and your decisions will change and your behavior will change so that that to me is what a coaching philosophy should be grounded in so it's and as I say a coaching philosophy is not something it's not something you could almost write down it's not a coaching philosophy is not something you can write down on paper it's something it's an ongoing exploration of who you are what what the nature of reality is what the meaning of life is and when I you know these are all big questions but they you know why do people play sport why do you coach what do you think the people what, what what do you think the people that are coming to watch your team want out of out of the experience? If we're asking those questions and we start to get some clarity around that, then the rest of it is easy. It kind of falls into place. But we're so caught up in the like you in 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 the in the practice, in practice design or or strategy or technical stuff or that... I think,
1: And that's the case because coaches—that's the—that's the tangible day to day for them, isn't it? That's what they're kind of yeah. living in and thinking about most of the time. It's, I guess, it's, yeah, it's easier to, to to grasp planning planning sessions stuff like that, and sometimes the bigger questions.
0: Yeah, you know, as I say, it's easier to try and sit down and work out where you're going to put the cones than talk about the purpose of life. <laughs> but there's more to coaching than you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah I know I know I'm probably being a little bit <laughs> no, flippant no. there but um <laughs> you know my experience is that co- coaches are coaches do want to have these conversations especially you, you know if they've been in the game you know obviously when you're a young coach you know you're you you watch you know you watch Russ Earnshaw coach or you watch Danny Newcomb coach or you watch Richard Cheatham coach and you kind of You look at what they're doing, and you think, right? It's I've I want to coach like them, but what you you don't see what underpins all of that, which is the fact that they really understand who they are. They they love coaching. They love people. You know, they love the game that they're that they're coaching generally, and Mm. that is what underpins. The relationships they build, the connections they make, the the way they show up in in the coaching sessions are, are underpinned by something. And, and again, that you know, those guys don't necessarily know on an intellectual level what it is that they're doing because you know it's just natural. It's just who they are. It's it's kind of natural to them. Um, and, and you know when. When when that comes naturally to you, you don't even think it's a thing. You don't even know that it's it, it, it's not a doing; it's a being. If you want to put it like that, yeah. so I think that's that's what we we can help coaches, particularly young coaches, to see is that getting really sure in your own well being and in your own happiness is the foundation of it. Because if you turn up and you're happy and you're in a good place it doesn't really matter what you do, people are going to have a good time. But if you show up from a place of insecurity and a place of worry and a place of fear, anxiety, you could have the best technical stuff, the best game design, the best practice design in the world, and it's, it's, it's not going to go well because people pick up on, on your insecurities and your anxieties.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think we've discussed, I think I've said this to you before, but coaching was a lot more stressful five, six years ago when I uh, was just starting out full-time coaching and probably knew a little bit less, had a bit less experience, probably knew myself a little bit. You know, that whole, ex- the coaching experience was, was massively stressful in terms of, um, you know, don't win, how does that reflect me and players and the coaching, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, as you said, you know, over time, if you can become a bit more uh, attuned to yourself and what
0: you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it, that really helps. Everybody knows what they want their coaching session to look like, but I don't think people ask themselves, what do I want this coaching session to feel like? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, and and, and that's not just, you know, what do I want it to feel like for me? You know, although that's important as a coach, you know, you want to be enjoying it and feel like, you know, what you're doing is is valuable and and what you're doing is interesting and, and absorbing. And but also what is, you know, how do I want it to feel for the people that I'm coaching? Because, as I say, I think that's the fundamental thing that we kind of miss sometimes in when we talk about sport, is that why do people play sport? The only reason people play sport and watch sport and coach sport and you know volunteer is because of what it how it makes them feel. The feeling they get yeah. and the feeling that they have when they're when they're in it or around it. And so that's that's the priority is is understanding. If you don't understand where your feelings come from, you're you're separated from the very thing that people want most from the game. and I think that's a, that's that made me think that back to the dissertation, because
1: certainly one thing I found when talking to coaches in terms of, right. So, you know, whatever we found that there's something that going to cause you to explore the philosophy. What so many of them were really vividly able to talk about was, uh, uh, at least in part things were informed by what it felt like when they were a player so when when i was at school i had this coach and it, that was great and it could go into loads of detail or i had this coach and you know it was horrible and i don't want to be like him and that kind of drives my pain so coaches are able to think about it and they're aware that what if them was, was super important but that, i think that some of them don't always then transfer that Forward to their own practice. So, people I'm coaching, what does it feel like for them? But that's just, I, I think some do, some do. Um, I think it's that that kind of prompt. It seems, as you said, stuff is always going to adapt and mend and change over time as you learn more and spend time with people and see the coach
0: and stuff like that. As I say, part of understanding that experience is realizing that the extrinsic appearance of something is going to be very different from the intrinsic feel of something. Mm. So, you know, if I'm watching a group of kids who are having a great time playing a game or in training, what, what they are feeling is enthusiasm connection happiness absorption in the game focus concentration what I'm seeing from you know what a coach is looking at from the outside is going to be seen through the filters of what they want to see so they're going to be probably seeing hard work discipline can you see there's that disconnect there between what what the extrinsic thing looks like and how it feels like from the inside. And it's very difficult sometimes to, to marry those things up because we're all caught in our, you know, we're all seeing things through our own filters and our own beliefs and our own values and our own perspectives. Um, So if you think that, if you think that success comes from hard work and you see a group of kids playing with massive enthusiasm, you're not going to realize that it feels like enthusiasm from them. It's going to, look like you're going to say, well done guys, you worked really hard today. Mm. And the kids are going, well, hang on a minute, that didn't feel like hard work. <laughs> that felt like I was having <laughs> a great time with my mates. I, I think that's, you know, you coaches, you know, we get quite uh,
1: into it in terms of, you know, we spent all this time, as you said, planning this session and thinking what we want to see prove and what we do we want to see, what we don't want to see, that it can really... You know, impact what you actually are looking for and noticing when you're when
0: you're in the middle of it. Yeah, and and I think it's actually something that's come out of this whole sort of coronavirus thing. It's really kind of a, an insight that came to me the other day, which was as human beings. You know, I'm not saying that that's what we are, but that's a different discussion. But the 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 activity of human beings is all about doing. We're very good at doing stuff. We're really, really, really bad at not doing, at non-doing. You, you know, asking somebody to sit on a couch for three weeks for a lot of people is torture. Yeah. You know, that's why when the government asks for a load of volunteers to go and help the NHS, you get 750,000 people sticking a hand in the air because people want to be doing stuff they're not we're not very good at at non-doing and I think that that feeds into the coaching space as well because coaches always feel like they're having to they want to be doing stuff so they want to be fixing they want to be making things better they want to be improving they want to be tweaking they want to and it feeds back into what you were saying about when people are watching you know the a lot of coaches want to be want to feel like they're being seen to be doing something, to being in control. Yeah. Um, whereas what I've noticed with the best coaches, or a lot of the best coaches, is they are very hands off. You, you know, they're really happy not doing. They're really happy letting the players do a lot of the the heavy lifting, if you want to put it like that.
1: Do you think a lot of that comes from? you know, like an idea of in terms of how people see their own identity as well. So like I said, in terms of coach, at the moment, at home that, you know, um, this isn't, you know, who I am is is often for a lot of adults, rightly or wrongly, very tied in with what they do for work and who they hang out with and stuff like that. So when that's all removed, absolutely, they're, they're, they're asking some interesting
0: questions of, of what's left. Totally. So that's why when we come bring it back to the coaching philosophy question is, Understanding who you are and the nature of your experience is the foundation stone because what you do flows from that. So if you, as I say, if you believe that you are a human being, if, if, if you're identified with your story, and, and generally when I ask, when I have this conversation with coaches or players and I say, okay, well, who are you? They will give me the story of their life. So I'm I'm Joe Smith. I was born in this year in this place and I grew up and I went to this school and then I got into rugby and then I played for this team and then I played for that team and then I did this and then I did that and then I got into coaching and then I got married and we had kids and blah, And it's like that's, that's not who you are. That's the story of your life. That's what you did or what you do. Yeah. And for some people, the separation of that, well, who am I? Well, who who we are is, is not the story, but most people are identified with the central character in that story. And when you actually say, well, hang on a minute, who or what knows that story? In what context, in what space does that story take place? What has been the same from the very beginning of that story to the moment now in this in this place here? That's... Mystifying to a lot of people because they they're so identified with this body and this mind and the, and the story. So, as I say, bringing it back to that whole philosophy question, the "Who am I?" question is it's totally fundamental to to how to everything else that you do on top of that.
1: Yeah, and it's I mean, even I, I I'm certainly loads about philosophy or psychology, but you know intuitively it would make sense that. A lot of that, who am I? Is a uh, is, is is is. I guess of you know you hear it in films or books, or whatever. Is the kind of a story you tell yourself as well. Yeah, um,
0: but but that's not you. That's, this is. Go on, sorry.
1: As I say, you know, people probably you know this is how I act in these situations, and this is what I do. Uh, you know, according to you know, my history and all of that sort of stuff, you you get into to
0: have it. Yeah, but that's again. That's back to doing again, isn't it? This is yeah this is exactly. the problem and as I say the 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 idea of control you know the belief that you have to be in control and the belief you know that you have to act in a certain way or show up with certain body language or a certain expression or certain language and all the rest of it that's secondary or tertiary to the the fundamental stuff and we spend so much time with the window dressing and and you know that that we don't get in we never have the conversations around who am I and and what is the nature of my experience And, and it's absolutely fundamental especially when you start dealing with the relationships you have with players or other coaches or you know employers and stuff like that because if if you understand what's going on with you and your thoughts and feelings, you're going to have a pretty good handle on what's going on with them and their thoughts and feelings. So it just makes the whole relationships piece of coaching, which in my opinion is the the big chunk of it. The the elephant in the room is that coaching is relational. You can't coach Mm -hmm. somebody if you don't have a relationship with them, but how much time do we spend understanding relationships and building those relationships compared with reading about how the brain works or practice design or tactics or, you know, what Pep Guardiola is doing these days? It's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of mystifying to me, actually.
1: I mean, even, you know, it's only one section, but that the relationship side of things, I've always thought, I've, I've never come across, I've never come across that in coach education. I know, um, I think that, you know, there's an online course by Sophia Jowett. I think, in terms of building, you know, and establishing relationships with players. But in terms of, if I look back at sports-specific coach ed that I've done, you, you're never kind of addressing it or particularly role-playing it or anything like that in any, in any meaningful way.
0: Yeah, and that's,
1: that's what I'd say is the skill that coaches, you know, is, is going to be pretty valuable for, for coaches. You know, I often think it, it might be a bit reductive, but I often think that if players kind of, you know, fairly like and respect you, then they're, they're going to kind of listen a little bit more to what you're saying. Whereas if, if if I don't particularly like the person that's talking to me, he might be giving me the best information in the world, but I'm probably not going to be taking it in.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and if you hear, you know, if you hear people talking about that, you know, their their coaching influences, very few, you know, will say, yeah, he gave me some really good advice, but he was a bit of a dick. Most people <laughs> will say that the coaches that they really remember and really love were the people that they had the best relationships with. Absolutely,
1: I had this. It's funny you say Actually, I had this in a in a job interview relatively recently, where they said about um, I don't know what it was, coaching idol or best relationships, or whatever it was, and and I went back to my rugby coach at school, who you know ended up on at my wedding and on my stag do and and all sorts. And that's that's the stuff that sticks around. You know, that's that's key to why I you know love rugby and have ended up coaching. There's no doubt about that.
0: As I say, that's why, again, bringing it back to the central piece of it, the philosophy, the philosophy is, a, you know, understanding yourself and your, your experience, the way that you show up is key to relationships. You know, if, how, how often do we hear conversations about how important it is for a coach to be authentic? Well, what does that mean? What is authenticity? Well, authenticity is knowing who you are. How can you be authentic if you don't know who you are? If you don't know who you are, you're always trying to be something you're not. That fundamental question is, it's central to, to, as I say, to, to be, you can only be authentic if you've spent some time considering that question. Otherwise, what you end up doing is pulling in a load of beliefs and a load of, you know, theories and a load of stuff that other people are doing and trying to patch that into your own experience yeah and as I say the the stuff that the 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 really good coaches are doing the best that's not a tangible thing that you can copy because you know if I tried to copy the way that Jürgen Klopp speaks or the way that Pep Guardiola acts or anything else it's like well you know I'm just a I'm just a you know, I'm just a Jurgen Klopp, Klopp tribute act. I'm not going to be a great coach, <laughs> um, you, you know. And and Klopp himself will say, you know, he says I'm not the best coach, but I'm really good at building relationships with players. Mm. And players see through it as well, don't they? Oh, massively, mate, massively. That they can they can smell it a mile off. You know. You know. But again, it's not just that. We all we all know people who we we spend time with them and there's just something about them they're just not authentic there's a big ego there and it's just not you know there's something about them that we we just kind of don't really enjoy but the opposite mm. is you know there might be someone who you you don't even know what they might have completely different views to you completely different tastes Completely different opinions, but there's just something about them that you just go, I don't know, I just, I just really like this guy because they, they get it, they understand who they are, and they're they're, they're genuine, they're authentic. What
1: sort of, um, you know, everyone, we've all got a bit of downtime at the moment. What sort of questions do you think are key for,
0: for coaches to kind of really consider and dig into whilst they've got spare time? Well. As I say, I I think the, the the three the the three or four big philosophical questions, and these aren't coaching questions. These are these are que- these are uh, almost timeless questions. Who am I? What is there? So, what is the nature of reality? What is the meaning of life? So, what's what do I, what's the purpose of life? What am I here for? And then the fourth question is, how do I know this stuff? Which is a kind of a a supplementary, it's actually the most important question, but if you get a pretty good handle on the first three, then that one will kind of become self-explanatory in the long run. So yeah, I'd say if you if you as a coach or as a player or, or as anybody else actually can get a you know spend some time considering those questions and come to a you know a a, a really considered understanding or a considered place where you you understand those questions and the implications of them your life you know your life and your coaching practice will just change because your beliefs will be different your values will be different and from that your thinking will be different and then your behaviors will be different and you you probably won't even know that they're changing it won't be a change that you have to actively do from moment to moment and monitor and think oh how should I behaving in this situation how should I behaving in that situation it will just come naturally because you'll just be expressing who you really are because you understand who you really are and you'll mm. stop trying to be somebody or something you're not I think
1: that as well again just to go back to the station, that that you know that sounds a lot more like uh you know something that's going to underpin all of your coaching than a lot than what's out there in terms of
0: currently uh, when people talk about coaching philosophy well, well I hope so and as I say I think as I say I think there's you know there is some good stuff out there but like you found when you were writing it and when you were talking to the coaches there's there's massive there's a massive amount of confusion out there as well and I mean I've you know I've talked to some people quite sort of you know I've been lucky enough to to speak to some people who are quite sort of High up in the coaching world and, and well regarded. And, and they'll say the same thing. They'll just say, you know, in terms of coach education, they'll say, well, you know, I didn't, I, I kind of just do my own thing because the, it just seems like there's a lot of confusion around A, what coaching is, you know, where does coaching sit on the, the you know, the spec, in, in the spectrum of helping? And also this 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 word, this, this definition, coaching philosophy. As I say, most people, it's not a coaching, you know, coaching philosophy. It's been it's a label that's been slapped on to a description of my coaching policy or my coaching strategy or my coaching practice, I think. There was, yeah, there was one quote I remember that I liked that was that often
1: uh, people's coaching philosophy is a speculative set of intentions, um, which nice. I thought was quite a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, <laughs> mate. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that certainly stuck with me. Because, but that's the thing. That's what I found when I was writing it. I was then suddenly looking at myself and I was like, oh yeah, I'm using the same
0: buzzwords as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, we again this idea that we can separate. And again, this is a this a. Uh, a question for the philosophy, you know, the, around the philosophy of sport and and also of life is you can't separate coaching or or any or or sport in itself from wider society and the wider culture that we live in. You know, they're they're part of the whole. So you can't you can't kind of stick coaching or sport in a in a bubble and and not not have it be affected by wider culture and wider society and vice versa as well so yeah there is always going to be some crossover there and there is always going to be you know fashions and and preferences and that's great as I say the what I'd love to see is that you know if if people do get really clear on this they'll then go away and and you know that then gives them the freedom to explore you know whatever works for them Uh, and that's what I think conversation with a coach earlier who said you know most coaches seem to be getting taught at the moment to coach in a particular way that is always ever good that's only ever going to be kind of fashionable you you know it's going to it's going to be this week it's going to be gamification last week it was constraints based next week who knows what it will be um, and eventually, we'll go back full circle and end up telling people what to do and doing loads of drills again because that's just <laughs> how it works. Um, so, so yeah, mate, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think, um, I think what is better is that. Oh, I guess
1: actually, I don't, I don't, I don't know this for a fact. This is anecdotal, but coaches do seem more engaged in in considering what coaching is and what good coaching looks like and wanting to learn and understand themselves more
0: than I think a few years ago. Oh, without a doubt. And I think again, it's 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 very I see that and then I ask myself the question, well am I just because that's I'm in this little sort of enlightened sort of coaching bubble that that does exist. Yeah you I know, suppose talking to, to talking to to people that take it very seriously and
1: consider yeah,
0: it in in depth exactly and you know the the people you follow on twitter and the and the stuff that you that you that you read am i just insulated from the other stuff that's going on out there and i think different sports are you know sports sports are different as well you know i think particularly in in rugby coaching particularly i'd say lower down i'm not sure that this is happening at the the higher levels, but there's a lot of openness and a lot of willingness to 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 look in a different direction. I think hockey's pretty good. I think cricket is is more is a bit more open as well. Um, I'm not so sure about football. Some of the football environments I've been in have been you know not that progressive, if you want to put it like that. Mm. Um, but I think there are great, you know. Obviously, there are really good people in football who are looking in this direction. So, yeah, it mate, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But as I say, hopefully, you know, conversations like this will kind of move the needle a fraction and and engage more people in in having this sort of discussion. So,
1: and that's the other thing because it's not. I think that's the other thing as well. It's you know, it's not. There's no end to the process, and it's not necessarily an easy process either. It's just a, an ongoing consideration of you know the the questions that you mentioned in terms of who you know who am I and um, exactly you know and context specific as well as you said you know what what is coaching why 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 is anyone coaching why am I coaching why why are these kids here and all that sort of stuff
0: yeah exactly and I think that's as I say that's why you know I would define as I say coaching philosophy as a as an ongoing thing rather than something that you know you yeah, write down you write. on a you write down on a cv or a bit of paper and say this is what i do or this is what i believe that's not a coaching philosophy a coaching philosophy is a a set of principles a set of even that i think i'm i'm not i'm not certain that that's the right way of looking at it but yeah it might it might be it might be grounded in something but it's going to it's something that needs to be revisited and and it's 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 always evolving if you want to put it like that when you when because obviously you go into loads of different environments
1: and um whether it's uh kind of courses or workshops or or whatever it might be what do you get a lot of resistance or are people kind of um open to to considering stuff or, or how have you found that
0: my I it, it varies. The, the higher up I get in organisations, the more resistance there is to it. I think that would be fair to say. Right. Um, Why do you think that is? Or because people have got a lot more attachment to outcomes, and also people are a lot more identified. There's a there are a lot of bigger. The higher up you get, the bigger the egos are what what do i mean by ego well that the identification with the story and the identification with the sto- how the story needs to turn out in order for the central character to be okay you know that's not 100% but certainly that's the sense i get that the more the more attached to an identity or a persona that somebody is the less they are Open to to looking in a, a different direction, if you want to put it like that. You know, the, I suppose maybe the higher
1: up people are getting, the more value they're putting on what's got them there and great
0: point. their worldview that has helped get them there. It, it mate, that's a really good point, and I think you're you're absolutely right with that. That's a great a great a great insight there. It, you know, if you if you've been successful in a certain way, you're much more likely to believe that you you did it or that you you were you were responsible for it and you had control of it whereas the idea that actually you might have been in the right place at the right time and had a bit of luck along the way and you know you don't really know why you made certain decisions but they turned out pretty well yeah you're going like to like you, you you know you the ego is going to want to take some credit for that so yeah yeah that's it that's a good point
1: yeah well hopefully you know as you said that it looks feels like the
0: the needle's starting to turn a little bit well hopefully mate so um yeah you know like let's let's keep having these conversations and uh and see what shows up i guess so but for mate, sure I, it's always useful I, I really appreciate your time thank you for uh one thank you for writing your dissertation and thank you for sharing <laughs> it with, with me and um and, and everybody else where where can people find you if they want to have this conversation mate
1: uh so twitter which i think is i actually don't know i think it's ed conway coach ed with two d's just cuz it makes me special um <laughs> and uh actually i think it's more to do with ed the duck than no, i'm pretty ah, sure Ed the duck right. spelled okay. two d's when i was a child so i think it's ed conway coach on on twitter or uh you know people can always contact me my email is ed so e d d at edge rugby so edge rugby.co.uk either's oh, fine perfect
0: all right, mate. Well, good to talk to you, and uh, yeah, all the best. See you on the other side of the uh, this isolation that we're uh, yeah we're putting up. <laughs> We've got plenty of t- plenty of time to catch
1: up now, so I'm sure we'll chat again soon enough. Okay, mate. Cool. Thank you, mate.